0: Today, I am beginning a new series of podcasts on the subject of building our house on the Word from God, the foundation. We have to be sure we have the right foundation before we can go forward. Have you been changed by God into another person? Have you been born again? You can't do anything In the area of following God unless you are the elect of God which means being chosen by God having God reveal himself to you it's not a matter of you going forward and choosing God it's a matter of God choosing you and making you his elect this is not done by the will of man says Paul in Romans chapter 9, but rather by the will of God. So if you have not been changed by God into a new creature, completely different from the way you were before, I want to suggest that you just fall down and ask God to save you. Now going forward with the elect of God, Building your house on the word of God. The first thing God taught me was the scripture in John chapter 5 verse 30. Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear from God the Father, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Here we're talking about the Son of God, Jesus, and he says of himself, I can do nothing except what I hear from God. When I saw that back in 1975, I was shocked. I thought, well, if Jesus can do nothing of his own self, of his effort, I certainly can do nothing by my own self. It's not that we learn things and then go tell other people. It's that God speaks to us and reveals himself to us. And we share that with other people. It's not what we've done, but what God has done. Salvation is in God. And as we, going forward, set our foundation, we purpose... To speak those things that are revealed to us by God, not the things that we've learned with our natural mind, but what has God said to us in nineteen uh, let's see eighty two I was reading in second Thessalonians chapter two, and God revealed something to me. The apostle Paul says in second Thessalonians Chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. And in 1982, what God said to me is, this falling away that Paul is talking about, the falling away, these are not people leaving the churches. These are the churches leaving the scriptures. And until that happens, Jesus cannot come. That's called the apostasy. In the NASB, it is called the apostasy in this section of Scripture, where it says the day shall not come except there comes the apostasy first. It's the falling away from Scripture. And when Scripture is changed or fallen away from, it opens the door, it opens the gate for Antichrist to move in. We are seeing that type of apostasy in the churches today. I have written about this many times and have spoken, sharing with you, not of myself, but what God showed me. The falling away are churches falling away from scriptures. And then in 2017, God revealed something else to me about this passage of Scripture. He used the New American Standard Bible, which we will use right now and look at something. First, you have to see from the King James Version that this Antichrist was going to move into the churches so that he sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. In the NASB, start at verse 6 of the NASB, And you know what restrains him now, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains We'll do so until he is removed. That restraint, holding Antichrist back, had to be removed before Antichrist could move in. So in the NASB, it says, and you know what restrains him now so that he will be revealed in his time. And I said to God, what is it that restrains Antichrist? And instantly I knew the answer. It's the scriptures that restrain Antichrist. It's Jesus is the word. It is the scripture that keeps Antichrist out of the church. Well, the minute you change the scripture, such as uh, Matthew 5.32, where it says, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, the minute that scripture is removed from the church, And the minute the pastors start saying, of course you can marry a divorced woman. And they perform wedding ceremonies there in the church. And people attend those wedding ceremonies giving approval to that marriage. Antichrist is operating in that church. The foundation laid by Jesus is that he could do nothing of himself. I certainly could not speak this except for the fact that God revealed these parts of Antichrist to me in 1982 and again in 2017. These are not things I learned with my mind by studying. These are words that I heard from God by the Holy Spirit bringing this teaching to my mind. This is how we must go forward as the elect of God. As the elect of God, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Each of us have the Spirit of God in us. The Spirit of God teaches us, reminds us of everything Jesus has said, guides us into all truth, and shows us things to come. John chapter 14, verse 26, John chapter 16, verse 13. At the time God reveals himself to us and we are born again, we are sealed with the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God who communicates with the elect of God. He communicates directly with us, giving us ideas, bringing to our mind alternate ways to go. He never takes over our body. He never makes us do anything. He gives us information that is very, very valuable and shows us what to do. God knows the future. We don't know the future unless God chooses to show us some part of the future. We don't know the future. So as we go forward, we must go forward following those words that God gives to us. That's the only safe way to go. I believe it's in Proverbs 20 or 21 where we read there is no counsel against the Lord. In other words, what he tells us, everybody might disagree with it around us. But really, there is no counsel against God. When God spoke to Abraham and told him to come out and leave his father's house, so far as we know, he didn't tell that to Abraham's wife. Neither did he tell it to Abraham's nephew, Lot. But they went with Abraham. He told Abraham, there is no counsel against the word that God gives you. If he tells you something, that is what you learn to do. And you learn the voice of God. You learn it by experience with God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They hear his voice. How? By his spirit. He brings ideas to our mind. We know those ideas because they are easy to be entreated, pure, peaceable, gentle. They have characteristics that help us to know when it is the Spirit of God speaking. I think one of the strongest examples I can present to you of the Spirit of God speaking happened to me in the year 2020. I was considering putting a new upholstery on my 25-year-old car. And as I thought about this, here's what I heard. Or you could just buy a new car. I thought about that, and I said, that's right. I had sold my house in Texas. I had money sitting in a bank account, cash. I could easily buy a new car. I just... Hadn't thought about buying a new car. I, lim- I was very limited in my thinking because of being a human. But God had a better way. So he had the Holy Spirit speak his will to me. I didn't have to do it. I still had to make the choice. But here's how the Holy Spirit said it to me. In this tone of voice. Or you could just buy a new car. It wasn't a pushy voice of saying, You have to buy a new car. You better buy a new car. Your old car's going to tear up. It wasn't any of that. That would have been devils. The Spirit of God is a very gentle leading. He gives you an option on the way to go, is usually my experience with the Holy Spirit. So the first thing in laying the foundation for going forward is this. Knowing that of your own self you can do nothing in the situation. But only as you hear from God do you have the information that is needed to go forward. In 1975, I was born again. God spoke to me in the night and said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, ah, sins. And I was born again. I was changed into a new creature. I was changed by God, not by anything I did. I was chosen by God. Not by anything I did, and he revealed the words to me that I needed to hear for my salvation. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 Jesus came to his disciples and asked them, Who do men say that I am? And one said, Some say you're Elijah, and others say you're Jeremias or one of the prophets. He said, But who do you say I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, "Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this rock, what rock? The word that's revealed from God, that's what we're built upon. And Jesus says, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is built upon the word of God. We, the elect of God, the church, hear the Word of God and we do what it says and we can go forward in assurance. That is being born again and that is following God, following Jesus. We can't force it, but as God wills, as Jesus wills, we receive words of God to lead us and guide us the rest of our life as we live on this earth. So after I was born again, God began teaching me things about the Holy Spirit and following Him how to follow God by His Spirit, taking thoughts captive, to bring them into obedience of Christ. He began teaching me these things. then he took me all through the Bible concerning the prophets and had me read all the scriptures in both the Old Testament and the New Testament concerning prophets. Later, he assured me that I was called to be a minister, a prophet. And he also told me I was called to be an apostle. There's nothing at all mysterious about either office. The apostles have anointing by God on the scriptures. And they're always trying to get individuals to obey scripture. The prophets have messages that often they have messages to deliver to individuals, to pastors, to congregations. And that's basically the work of a prophet is to deliver warnings to the church. Also to deliver corrections as needed to the church. Well, God showed me that I was an apostle and prophet. In 1979, one of the prophets from our church group came to my business. I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas at that time, American Indian Arts Business. One of the prophets came to my business, and he said, I have a message from God for you. You are dragging your feet. You know you are supposed to be in the ministry, and you are dragging your feet. At that time, I'd already published two small booklets with Harrison House, faith movement publisher, and I said to this prophet, I said, but I've already published two small books. He just smiled. He didn't really argue with me. He just delivered the message, and then when I tried to argue with him, he smiled at me. By the end of that month, which was July 1979, I had announced to my customers that I was closing the shop to go into the ministry. And I did close the shop that same month when that prophet brought me that message. I didn't have any ministry to go to. I didn't have a church that I was working for. I had no income. I only had the money from the sale of the merchandise at my business. But I lived on that money from July 31st, 1979 until I heard from God a message telling me what to do i simply stayed at home after i closed my business and read the bible and went to church and went to a prayer group and did those things that god showed me to do this was to prepare me for the ministry i waited at my apartment from july 31st, until the next year, January 10th, and the night of January 10th, a very loud trumpet-like voice spoke to me in the night while I was sleeping, and said to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed. I wrote the letters KWJS on a notepad. I felt sure these were call letters to either radio or television. I looked it up and found it to be a radio station. So I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Instantly, the Holy Spirit brought this to my mind. Call the radio station manager. That same morning, I called radio station KWJS and asked to speak to the manager. He came on the phone immediately. I said to him, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said, "Make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me. If your information fits our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract." That same morning, I got my tape recorder and my kitchen clock and set my kitchen clock for 29 and a half minutes, prayed and just began speaking what God brought to my mind. I mailed it that same day to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations to the church on radio station KWJS. Within a year, I was on radio from Hartford, New York City area, to Seattle, just like the voice that I heard on January 10th said, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. Back to the word Jesus said about himself. I can of mine own self do nothing, but as I hear from God, I judge. Jesus always followed God. What he heard from God is what he said and what he did. And God showed me that's exactly the same thing we're supposed to do. When the Holy Spirit brings something to our mind, we know the truth on it. And that's when we can act upon something. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said to his disciples, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. After he speaks to you. You shall receive power after he speaks to you. And ye shall be my witnesses. After we hear from the Spirit of God, we speak that. And that does the work of God. That's the power of God. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The only thing we do is speak what we hear from the Holy Spirit. One time I was playing golf with uh, two other women. One woman was a Methodist woman and the other woman was Church of Christ. As we were walking down the fairway, the Methodist woman was complaining about people who judge other people. She said several different things concerning people who judge other people. The Holy Spirit rose up in me and said to her, but if you judge, others are judging. Aren't you judging? She said, oh. It was like a balloon had, had been filled with hot air that was pricked with a needle. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. One time I was in Walmart. I had my groceries and was waiting At the checkout line, there was one woman in front of me paying for her items, but she was complaining to the cashier. Evidently, these two women went to the same church because she said to the cashier, I can't believe you are working on a Sunday. I just can't believe that I'm seeing you here on a Sunday working. And the cashier said, Well, they called me, and one of the cashiers got sick, and I had to come in and work. This first woman kept complaining over her, the woman working on Sunday. Finally, the Holy Spirit rose up in me, and I said to this woman who was complaining, If you want to go by Old Testament law, then you could not be in this store buying groceries on a Sunday. Because by Old Testament law, you would have to stay in your tent all day and rest. So if you want to go by Old Testament law, you can't be here buying groceries. She didn't say another word. She left. That's the Holy Spirit rising up in us. And that Holy Spirit is a power. These stories I've told you now, I'm sure you feel a power in them. It's a power not of myself. It's a power of God. Paul once told Timothy, speak the word, be instant. Now that's an example of being instant. I didn't plan to speak those things. They were brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit. Another example of this, I was in Seattle having a meeting for my radio audience. The radio station manager was standing outside the door of the meeting room waiting for me. George had always been very friendly to me, so I greeted him with a friendliness. And then he said to me, Joan, you have many good messages. If you would just speak those good messages, they're wonderful. But if you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We might have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit rose up inside me and said, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message, and I may as well be off the air. I was speaking at a very small church in San Angelo, Texas. The pastor had asked me to come there and speak. I lived in Dallas. I didn't know any of these people. I lived in Dallas. I went to San Angelo, about maybe 150 miles outside of Dallas, After I spoke to the people, the pastor asked anybody who wanted prayer to come forward, and a line of people came forward. The pastor asked me to pray for them. I got about halfway down the line, and there stood a woman, and I said to her, "'And what is it that you want God to do for you?' And she says, oh, I just wants more of the Lord. I said, now God will tell me what you're doing. And she stopped and froze. Then she threw her hands into the air and said, oh, no, Lord, don't tell her. <laughs> well, the whole congregation just broke up in gales of laughter. I don't remember us praying for anybody else that day. I just remember that one person. People often are trying to fool God. Well, you don't fool God. He knows everything about you. He knows exactly what you're doing. He knows what your heart is like. He knows if you're building up resentments against somebody. He knows if you've got bones to pick with people. He knows whether you have settled it with him. He knows everything about us. Well, this woman just brought the house down. Oh, no, Lord, don't tell her. Unfortunately, that is the way a great many people in churches are. They don't want God to know what they're doing, and they don't really realize that God sees everything we do. He knows the movies we're watching at night. He knows the books we're reading. He knows what we're doing in our closets, in our bedrooms. He knows everything we do. In Galatians 5, Paul said, Walk in the Spirit, follow the Spirit, speak the things of the Spirit brings to your mind, do what He shows you to do, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, that's living in superstitions, hatred, variance, arguing with people, emulations, trying to outdo each other, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness temperance if we follow the things brought to our mind by the spirit of god we're going to produce the fruits of the spirit of god love joy peace but if we follow our flesh we're going to be striving with people trying to outdo people some of the people are committing adultery and fornication I know one church member who was in our little church group for a while, but she told me that before I ever met her, and she had been raised in the church from the time she was a baby, but before I met her even, she had committed fornication against her husband, divorced, had an abortion, I assume, by the man who wasn't her husband. She had become pregnant. Then she remarried. Then she divorced again. She had such twisting inside her. When she told something, she got to the point she didn't know what she had said. I don't know the outcome of her. God took her out of our group. I have prayed that her soul would be saved. But I am greatly relieved not to have that woman in our church group because she brought so much trouble with her words. It was another spirit. She said she was a Christian. It could not possibly be a Christian and bring as much trouble as this woman brought by her words. Yet I certainly would like her to be saved. I don't want to see her damned for eternity. And I have prayed that. But that doesn't mean I want her back with us. Of course, if she was saved, she'd be different. That would be another story. But if you follow God, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. That doesn't mean they won't trouble you. If they're not of God, they will grieve you with their words. But when we're the same Spirit, there's a bond of the Spirit, and there's a peace And we're not afraid of each other because we know the other one's of God. But many are not of God. In closing, let's look at what Jesus said about the last days and how he warned us, the elect of God, concerning the last days. Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 and 5. Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Many will come saying, Jesus is Lord, and by saying that, they will deceive many. And he said, Take heed that no man deceive you. If their words grieve you, if they say something, And it grieves you. You are sealed by the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God in you that is grieved by what they have said. And by that, you are warned to beware of that person. We will continue tomorrow with another message on building your house on the Word of God. I'll show you the second thing that God showed me and I've lived by this second thing, well, 45 years, I suppose it would be. It's never failed me. And that is meditating in the Word of God. Meditating in the scriptures that are given to you by God and doing those things. Once again, Jesus says, of mine own self, I can do nothing. Well, we certainly can't do anything either unless we hear from God and then we can go forward in assurance because God has told us to do that thing. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.